nostalgia, memories, growing up in Central Florida in the 1990s. What a bunch of sappy crap. It's the Sappy Crap Podcast. Starring Steve Bauman and Jarman Day. Welcome to the Sappy Crap Podcast, where the names are changed, but the stories are real. I'm Jarman. And I'm Steve. That's right. The stories are real, or at least how our brain still has them stored after all these years. At this point, <laughs> it's all just legends. Legends. We are here to tell stories that only two longtime best friends can. And what are we talking about this week, Steve? Uh, we're going to take another tumbly stumbly stroll down memory lane as we talk about crappy jobs. <laughs> I mean, and most jobs are crappy. Yeah. <laughs> the reason this came to mind is that recently on Netflix, a documentary called The Last Blockbuster came out and it's about the last blockbuster video in America in Bend, Oregon and seeing it. Uh, because I was a blockbuster employee, right? at I'll call it the fall of Rome. Um, they have all the decorations and store setup and aisle dividers and stuff from when I was in the stores, when they were closing. That's crazy. So it was, it's super surreal. And odd that Netflix, the thing that arguably killed blockbuster to begin with is now has a documentary about the last blockbuster. <laughs> it's pretty strange. Um, Absolutely spectacular. I highly recommend it. But it made me start thinking about, well, what, what that job sucked. But what other jobs have yeah. I had that sucked? <laughs> I mean, I can remember my very first job, which I, I won't say sucked, but it's just, you know, they're all tough. These early jobs that we have. And I was a paper boy uh, mm -hmm. when I was, I think, late middle school, maybe I did that. And basically my dad did a lot of the work, too, because he drove me around. But I had to fold all the papers so called a thrifty nickel. It was like a coupon mm -hmm. paper. And uh, I folded them up, put them in a bag. And then I had to go around and do like hundreds of those. And then he'd take me around in his car and I'd throw them out the window at everyone's house, whether they wanted them or not. Um, and I got paid like 60 bucks a week. And it was awesome. because so I was like, I used all that money to buy Columbia House DVDs. Yeah, I remember. Uh, <laughs> I remember you had the catalogs. Because you could always join and get like 10, your first 10 DVDs for one cent a piece. And then I'd quit the membership and then join again under like a different name or something. And do right. it. But then I actually ended up buying some too. So that's how I got all my DVD collections. But Dr. Steve Fartback. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the sucky part was definitely uh, folding them and putting them in the bags. That was the most annoying part because I do like 100 of those. And then so that was my uh, first I, job. I remember. So this is a funny memory. Uh, I remember you getting this job and I remember we were at your house after school and your dad came to pick you up because you were going to go pick up your first load of papers. Yeah. But he didn't know where it was and we got lost. <laughs> and I remember us driving around kind of the colonial downtown kind of area mm -hmm. and it eventually being past five o'clock, which was your deadline to pick them up. And I remember you being so worried and your dad being like, they're still going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's not the I news. I remember you being like really upset that you weren't going to get your first batch of paper. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the time my dad was, he had a lot of jobs at that particular time, but he was selling ads for their, that company. That's how he got me the job to begin with. Right. And so he'd, he'd buy ads in the paper and then I was able to throw them out and stuff. So it was, it was yeah, it was a thing. But I don't remember that story. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, one of my earliest kind of crappy jobs was uh, dog sitting for people. Mm, it could be good. And I, I remember in middle school, I had a friend, somebody you would maybe remember, uh, who lived just around on the other side of the cul-de-sac from me. Mm. And they had a dog and they went on a two-week vacation somewhere. 
And so I remember his mom asking if I wanted a dog sick. She knew I was close and I wasn't a shitty kid. Uh, <laughs> I said, yeah. She's like, okay, I left a note with all the instructions. We'll be back, blah, blah, blah. The vet's number's on the fridge. I'm like, okay. So I remember showing up and the instructions were four handwritten pages oh on yellow legal paper. Wow. And I did not read that. <laughs> so I skipped to the part where it was like, how much food, how many times a day, when do I need to walk them? Sure. And that's what I did. And I remember this dog would not listen to me or do a goddamn thing. <laughs> Pain in the butt, this dog. So I ended up bribing it with treats a lot to get it to come in, to go out, to listen, <laughs> to get into, back into the room it was supposed to stay in when I wasn't there, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I go through treats like crazy. And so finally, it was maybe the couple, you know, second or third to the last day. And I need to look up something. And so I start scanning through this legal document. And one of the very last notes is uh, no more than two treats per day. <laughs> We're trying to get him to lose weight. And so I look at the treat bin, which is now almost devoid of treats. <laughs> and so I go, oh, no. So I, I go and I lie to my dad and I say, oh, the dog's almost out of treats. And I want to make sure that he doesn't run out before they get back. So I go out and I spend money that they paid me to watch the dog to get a new box of treats to cover my trail. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. And they never found out. But the dog was a lot fatter. That's right. Pumbaa was a lot fatter. And he wouldn't listen to anything they said unless they gave him a <laughs> <No>. treat. <laughs> I may have conditioned him the wrong way. So that reminds me, this is still, I guess, a job because I was left to uh, – uh, bird sit actually for my um my dad and his his new wife and she had these birds that he couldn't stand but um before they left on this trip they were going on they're like oh uh, if you could just one time while we're gone we're gonna be gone for like three days if you could check on the birds just like once while they're just make sure their food's okay their water's okay but they should be fine but just maybe if you can just check on them and i was like okay and me being irresponsible at the time this is only like maybe six years ago seven years ago um but i was not i was not in a good place mentally at that time and i was like oh i don't want to do this so the last day before they arrive like they're gonna arrive that day i go to check on the birds just in case i get there the door is open to the bird cage there's feathers everywhere there's i see a bird dead on the bottom of the cage i can't find the other bird and then they get home later that day and i say i don't know what happened (laughs) apparently the birds did not have enough food they were starving to death and so much so that they had to they tried to escape out of the cave, uh, the cage. <laughs> and so one escaped out of the cage, but eventually died in some way, found it somewhere in the apartment. So both birds died. And I was just like, you told me that it wouldn't even necessarily be necessary for me to, to visit. But not only did they not have enough food to survive, they broke out desperately hurting their beaks and stuff to, to get out of the cage to find food and so they forever just like were like it's it's okay it's it's all right it's like why did you tell me it was optional <laughs> like these birds are dead now oh man i bet you your, your dad was like oh he's never gonna come i'll empty their water and food before we leave and i'll be done with these oh my god we, we theorize that he did it on purpose somehow oh man that sounds yeah because he could not yeah. stand these loud birds and he didn't and then when he came back and he found they were dead he didn't say a word he wasn't upset he just he was like oh okay she didn't say anything. No, I would. That, I'm going to go with that theory. <laughs> but yeah, both terrible pet sitting situations we were in. Uh, my next like real job was when I worked at summer camp. And while camp itself was a pretty sweet gig, 
you know, hang out with a bunch of cute counselors in a secluded place all summer yeah. while room, board, and laundry are taken care of. Like it's, that's pretty, that's pretty sweet. Um, but within camp, there were some crap jobs. Mm. And most of them came on Saturday mornings after the kids left, and we had about three hours of cleaning before we got released for the weekend. Oh, yeah. So there were some jobs you just didn't want. One of them was cleaning, cleaning the rec hall, which was like a big old building screened in down on the far end of camp, and you had to sweep it out, and then you had to hose down the whole thing. And then squeegee the whole thing. Oh my goodness. All of this in like 90 degree heat already with, you know, that sweet 65 to 70% Florida humidity. <laughs> and then we just sprayed water everywhere. Additionally. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was like we designed a swamp and then we went and worked in it. <laughs> uh, so that job sucked. And the only time I can think that sucked worse. So the, my second summer at this camp they were trying to get their their ACA, American Camping Association, I think, credentials. Oh, okay. Which means that the camp meets certain levels of acceptability in certain things. Safety and how chemicals are stored and and that kind of stuff. Safety right. things for the for the the archery range, you know, those sort of things. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like the weekend before they came and we had extra cleaning duty. And that was the summer that we all referred to as the summer of spiders. Oh, no, because the lake the camp was on had been in really shit shape for a decade, and it was finally starting to bounce back, which was great. But what this meant is that there was this huge boom in the mosquito population because the lake was in good shape. Oh, and then in turn, this insane boom in spiders, spiders everywhere. Daddy long legs hanging out in gangs like (laughs) disco balls made of terror. Oh, God, it's terrible. (laughs) And I remember one of the jobs that weekend, they're like, all right, in this group, you guys are going to go and clear spider webs and clear as many of the spiders as you can from the children's cabins. That's terrifying. And I remember walking up to to Ryan, who was the head of middle school camp and saying, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And he was like, well, we all have to do service, blah, blah, blah. And me just saying, I will do any other job you want. I don't care. I'm not going to sweep spiders. I'll scrub toilets. I'm, I'll I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'll do that. He got really disappointed. And then he went over and got Mike, who was like the head of the camp to come over. Mike's like, so what's this issue you got with your uh, cleaning duty? And I remember going, if, if in the job description there had been, you may have to sweep spiders. I would not have taken this job. That's fair. <laughs> and then at that point, I think they realized it wasn't worth fighting with me. <laughs> <laughs> Find and some I other kid to do it. To go and, and sweep the infirmary, you know, <laughs> which I was fine. I'll do any other thing. I am not going to sweep spiders. And I'm there's going to be some that. teen who will be excited by that prospect. So find that kid, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Let Brian, the weird guy, <laughs> yeah. who's into snakes and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Go and do it. There's always one of those kids. <laughs> uh, you, you, you kind of know him, actually. The, guy, the kid I'm mentally making a reference to right now. I might know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up working with your company and everything? No. Oh, never mind. Uh, this is somebody who ended up dating someone that you dated. Oh. <laughs> Well, then I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think my first, uh, the next job that I had, which was pretty sucky uh, starting off was, uh, but it was good in the long run. My I, every time I came back from um, for summer vacation from college, I went to college in Boston and come back home in the summers to Orlando, and I worked at the movie theater at Regal Cinemas. 
And I love movies, always have. And so I was a film major at the time. So I was like, great, great fit for a summer job. But when you start off, you have to kind of earn your stripes. But I was fortunate enough. They didn't put me as an usher first. Maybe they thought I was a little overqualified. I'm going to college. You know, he's got some. He's got some spring in his step, you know, this guy can definitely read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so instead of cleaning bathrooms and cleaning the theaters, I was put at the uh, the snack bar or whatever you want to call it, concessions. There we go. And it's you know, it's not too bad at first. But then at the end of the day, you are covered in sweat. You smell like popcorn for three popcorn butter, specifically sweat, popcorn, butter, and the jalapenos was the worst part because back then it was still considered sanitary to have these, you know, teenage employees in the back room, cutting up jalapenos and putting them in the little tiny plastic cups for as on the side for your nachos. Oh yeah. Cause you can request jalapenos on the side, which I would love to do when I would get nachos, but you are even wearing gloves after cutting so many jalapenos, the fumes go into your eyes. You're crying. You yeah, can't, there's like little oil particles you can't even see. Yeah. Just spritzing everywhere as and you, you cut them. You have to make sure you don't touch any other part of you, which you always end up doing by accident. So it gets in your eyes and you're crying and stuff like that. So You hope that's the only place it gets. <laughs> yes. Don't go jerking off after you cut some that's jalapenos. Right. Take that for home. <laughs> yeah. Not the Regal Cinema back room. <laughs> So the other day you smell like burnt, like popcorn butter and your cut, your eyes are swollen and you're tired as hell as it was rough. Um, so those employees are being in a, in a mood to you or they're giving you a lip or something. Just let it go because they're going through a lot. But then I did well enough there. They put finally put me in the box office, which is like the cushy gig. So you sit there yeah, in this air, air conditioning. Oh, seat. yeah. You're sitting down. At one point, we had a really crappy manager who's like, oh, you shouldn't be sitting down on the job. So we're taking the stools out of there. I'm like, what the fuck? And finally, that guy left and the, the new manager's like, why? Just sit down. Who cares? You know, like it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and I just, I, that was really fun talking to customers and going to my, I'm an extrovert, so I liked it and selling tickets and it was, you get to count out the, the tray at the end of the night, um, make sure your, your money matches the records and it, it was fun. So it was good. I didn't get to projection, which I was dreaming about. I wanted to be a projectionist so bad, but Ooh. that's like, you have to be there for years to do that. So I didn't get to stay that long. So yeah, that was my movie experience and you got free movies. You get to watch all the free movies you wanted. So after that long day in the in the concession stand, you can at least go see a bad movie like White Chicks, which is what I did when I worked there. <laughs> Let's talk about my experience in the movie business. Blockbuster video. Hell yeah. Which yes. was literally like one of the taglines for Blockbuster. It was like, get involved in the movie industry. Oh, that's funny. I kid you not. I kid you not. Um, so I was there, as I said, right at the fall, like right when things went bad. Um, 2008 when basically there was a hiring freeze, a huge recession. And I was just desperate to get a job after college. Mm -hmm. It was close and within walking distance from where I was living. So it was the perfect, it was the perfect thing. And um, I remember the first time I went, my first paycheck was the last time they gave out bonuses on the store level. Oh, I should have known that something was wrong. (laughs) So after that, nothing really changed for a while. Um, But then we got this new CEO and he's mentioned in the Netflix thing. Um, and he was the guy who like saved seven 11, hmm. but it, instead of renting stuff, it became like, how many candy bundles can you sell in a night? Oh gosh. Hey, do you want to check out our five for five deal? Three candies and two drinks for $5, blah, blah, blah. Can we get these? No, those drinks don't count. How about these? No, the drinks don't count. How about this candy? No, only the candies up here in these boxes. All right, have a good night. Bye. <laughs> yeah, because that candy is going to save a multi-million dollar business. <laughs> right. Like they were desperate. And not only that, we started selling, um, we, we sold TiVos. 
which was like, honestly, one of the things that was kind of putting us out of business, which was kind of amusing. <laughs> At one point we started selling like low end stereo equipment. Oh, wow. I remember having to set up this sound kiosk <laughs> with speakers and stuff. Um, we weren't allowed to watch movies in the store anymore. Really? Like ever. Yeah. By the end, they, we were only allowed to play this promo DVD that we were sent from corporate every two weeks. That was like the thing's upcoming. And it was like wow. an 18-minute loop. And we would watch that nonstop for eight-hour shifts. The fall of Rome. Oh, my God. <laughs> it got to the point where we... So now that I, I have more context of what was going on, it makes sense. But at the time, I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> um, we had this thing where like we would get 100 copies of a movie. Mm-hmm. And for big movies, yeah, we would have weekends where every copy was out. That yeah. happened for big movies. I remember that. But then we started getting audacious amount of copies of movies. So instead of 100, we get like 250 copies of something. And then it started being not only the big blockbuster movies, but like weird stuff. <laughs> um, there was a Sandra Bullock film. I wish I could remember what it was. I think it was her and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the movie. We got 250 copies of this thing, and we never rented more than six. <laughs> why are they send so many? So here's what I realized and why I now realize why we failed. Um, so the, the way that Blockbuster drove out the mom and pop, they talk about this Netflix thing. The way that Blockbuster drove out the mom and pop stores is that at the time, a VHS was like 100 bucks. What? Right. VHSs were stupid expensive. Same thing with DVDs when they first came out. Um, but the issue is, is that, you know, you'd have a mom and pop shop get three copies of something because mm-hmm. it was $300 and they were going to have to rent each of them 20 times before they saw any revenue. That's crazy. Right. And so what Blockbuster did is they got all of these locations, all these stores, and then they went to the movie studios and said, look, we want cheaper because we want cheaper VHSs, but in exchange, we'll revenue share with you. Ah. So they would pre-order these incredible amount of copies and pay instead of a hundred bucks, they'd pay seven or eight dollars for mm-hmm. a copy, make their money back in two rentals, and then just split the profit. Yeah. So because of this, they got exclusives through studios, they got rentals ahead of when anybody else in the public could get them because they were making money for these movie studios. But the issue is, is at the end, when we were starting to close stores, we had already ordered all of this inventory. <laughs> So instead of every store, instead of a hundred stores getting a hundred copies of something, well, there are only 50 stores left, but we'd already bought all these copies. So every store got 200 copies. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The proposal, it was the proposal Uh, in 2009. Uh, That is the one that we got 250 copies of and we never rented more than six of them. (laughs) That was the movie. I found it. Um, But yeah, it was just real bad. And I closed a store was there like at the last shift when we closed the doors for the last time. Wow. Uh, and then went down to a different store a little bit further away and, you know, left to, to, to ditch and went to live in Pittsburgh for a while and, you know, got word two months after I left that store was closing. Jeez. Um, but yeah, like really the fall of an empire. And I was right there. You're part of history. It sucked. The POS <laughs> system that they show in the last blockbuster is the same POS system that we used point being point of sale, like a cash yeah. register kind of thing. 
So in 13 years, they're still using that same system. And that system was old and shitty when I was there. And didn't you work for a mom and pop video store later on? Uh, no, I never did. Oh, that must that would have been better. I think you just had one that was in Seattle when you lived there. Yeah, that you I, went to I, a lot. Island Video. Right. And in fact, while working at Blockbuster, people would just bring us their, their DVDs. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and we would do the right thing and return them, whereas what I, we should have done was thrown them away. <laughs> and enjoy, enjoy your late fees from Island Video. Next time, return it to the right place, dickweed. <laughs> I remember a friend of ours growing up, he had a... Uh, his dad owned a mom and pop. That's right. Uh, College Park Video, uh, which is a it was around for a long time. It held out for a while because had indie films and it tried to go that route, be more of a niche place. And we even had a, a local coffee shop here called Stardust Video. That's now just called that place. It's called Stardust Cafe now. And they've mostly gotten rid of all their movies and they more books there now. And it's just kind they of like a little a, stage performance stage there, too. Yeah. Right? So they're versatile. They have a lot of things going on, but they used to have a huge movie collection. And now it's kind you of and I pared went down to something terrible there one time. We had a friend. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember us going there for something terrible once. There's a friend of ours, a, an unusual character who played guitar there a couple of times we might have seen. Um, yeah, but yeah. That's it. But anyways, the, the stores have pretty much died. So it's kind of a kind of sad. Uh, well, they went the way of Blockbuster Video. Exactly. I got to watch that documentary now. Oh, it's, it's re- it is really very good. Um, the only the other job I had at the college jobs was I worked for my dad at a cell phone store because my dad owns both Nextel cell phone stores. You guys remember Nextels. And uh, I was just a terrible salesman. I'm good at talking to people, but I'm not good at selling them things that they don't need. So I'm not good at upselling their, you know, their wireless package or buying more equipment and, you know, belt clips and stuff were all the rage back then. What you really need is a charger for your car, right? Yeah. You want a belt clip so you look all classy. You can slip that thing right right out. That's how how people know you mean business. (laughs) We bought the belt clips for like $1.50 and we sold them for $30. It was amazing. Oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) But then... uh, and then I also one of my summer jobs where I stayed in Boston once was to be uh, security at the Boston University Library. Wow. Which comes with its own little burgundy sports coat you get to put on. And uh, <laughs> you sit there. Your main job is to make sure people aren't stealing books. If you can, you kind of fake looking in their bags before they leave. And you don't really see anything anyways. You're just like, yeah, you're good. And then the other main job was patrolling where you had to make sure no one was masturbating at the computers because <laughs> that happened right. a lot. And just making sure no one's doing anything weird in the book stacks. But oftentimes I would I was a terrible boy there, too. I would just go up and take a nap up in one of the upper floors that no one goes in. Oh, yeah. And then once my my patrol shift was over, I get done with my nap and I go back downstairs and sit at the desk for a while. And they told us we weren't allowed to read or do anything at that desk. Even if nothing was happening, there was nobody there for hours. We weren't allowed to read or look at a phone or anything like that. Um, So. I was usually there with one other person. So all we could do is just sit there and talk with each other. And so I had a great conversations, met interesting people who worked those shifts with me. One guy was a Mormon who had been excommunicated from the Mormon church. So I talked with him for hours on different shifts about the Mormon church and the religion and all this stuff. It's like, there's nothing else to do. So they're twiddling our thumbs. So it was, it was a fascinating experience. A lot of interesting hmm. people at a university library. <laughs> uh, my two kind of remaining crap jobs I could remember. <laughs> Uh, one of them happened when I moved to Pittsburgh and I moved and we were just broke and there were no jobs to be had still. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up working laundry at a Hampton Inn. Oh my God. I remember that now folding sheets and towels and working with industrial dryers and washers. And that was, it was a terrible job. 
<laughs> Look how far you've come. Stupid early, <laughs> really, like stupid early. I remember my hands being burnt from like residual chemicals on the towels and stuff. Oh wow! Um, the only good thing is, is I got to listen to the radio all day, hmm. and just kind of do mindless work. Like it wasn't a difficult job in that regard. Right. As long as I folded the towels right and got the sheets ready for the the, the, the like the maids and the room makers, that was it. There's no additional responsibility. Just think if you had podcasts back then, you would have been listening to so many podcasts. That's right. That would have been great. Uh, but some some highlights where we had a, a really crappy hockey team, a kids hockey team stay, and they just kept dumping things down the chute. Yeah. <laughs> I remember them dumping like a thing of shampoos down the chute. Um, and that was just a real pain in the ass. Of course. And then the other terrible thing was when you'd hear a bag come down because the maids had pink biohazard bags. Mm-hmm. When something was um, particularly spectacular, of course, <laughs> and you would hear the plastic hit the bottom of the chute, and it was always met with, <sighs> "Oh <you> know, no!" <laughs> and like you would try not to think about it, and we had to use extra chemicals when they came down. It was it was real bad. Would you wear like it a face mask bad. or something? Oh no, they had nothing like that. Nothing. Oh. Not a thing. I remember one of the freezers would shut off because um, <clears throat> the vents were frozen over outside because it was so cold that the unit would overheat. And I remember the maintenance guy coming in and being like, hey, this keeps and he's like, yeah, I'll go break the ice off. I was like, can you like build a box or something around that? Just some wood. And he's like, no, nah, it's not going to happen <laughs> for no reason. I was, like, I was like, all right, maintenance guy. Sweet. <laughs> oh, my God. So you wear gloves yeah. at least. No, like, I'm not kidding. There was nothing. There was no protection. It was not that kind of job. You had to touch people's dirty sheets with your bare hands. Yes. I would have brought my own gloves, man. <laughs> man, it was a bad, that was a bad job. That sounds rough. The other job I can think of was uh, a month line sum- summer gig I had in Seattle when I was going to uh, Seattle Pacific University. And I was working with the IT department and it was called summer deployment. And the whole idea was that Every th- every year, a third of the computers on campus were replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is that no computer on campus is more than three years old. Nice. Cool idea. So I was part of this like grunt workforce that was brought in to do this. And replace all to, the like, computers. To like go and take the computers and drop them off. And we had these two, we had two weeks and two weeks. And the first two weeks were just literally us physically getting these computers to where they needed to be. Right. And then the next two weeks, those two weeks sucked carrying like computer, like computer upstairs, like four flights of stairs because there are no elevators anywhere in this goddamn university. Uh, (laughs) And it's you you saw the campus. It was on a hill. So we'd have trucking, you know, 30 computers up a hill on a cart. Yay. (laughs) But then the second two weeks was when we actually went back and like set the machines up. And I remember for those two weeks, I found the sweetest little system. So I would set up three machines at a time and they took an hour to image because these are, you know, we're talking, you know, 10, 15 years ago at this point. Sure. So they, we had the standard drive that we would hook up and they'd have to run and copy everything over. And I would set three up and then I would have about 40 minutes hmm. to do nothing and get paid for it. And I would just, I would wander halls. I'd sing and dance in the hallways. I'd take naps. Sing and dance in the I'd hallways. I'd listen to my music. And so this is this is where the, the funny part of this comes in. So this is back in the, the heyday of Pandora. 
mm-hmm. when like that was a brand new thing and it was a great way to discover new music. So I remember I put my Pandora account onto a machine that somehow ended up getting copied as the default image uh. for all the other machines on campus. Uh. <laughs> and for years after the fact, and I genuinely mean years, I would have professors reaching out to me saying, Hey, why is your Pandora logged into my new computer uh, and how do I get it off? Because it was part of the default setup. People literally couldn't log out of my Pandora account. That's hilarious. And it wasn't until I figured out I had to log in and I just changed my password. So it would kick everyone out. Right. But like, I'm talking about five years after I graduated, getting an email from someone. That's crazy. Yeah. You left your lasting image on all those computers. Yeah. Who is Steve Bauman and why does he like ska music so much? <laughs> cherry popping daddies. The cherry popping daddies. <laughs> oh my God. That's a reference from another podcast that we recorded before this. That's true. <laughs> you won't get that in front reference. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Yeah, I, the rest of my jobs after that have all been pretty decent, so I don't have too much complaints there. Uh, but those growing up jobs were were pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, I've got, you know, my job when I worked Apple retail was not a bad job by any means. Yeah. I have some crazy stories from working Apple retail in New York City. Yeah, and I have the crazy stories from the CNN days. So I think we should have that from their episode. We do have some Apple CNN stories that we are allowed to share, of course. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, I, I think it's it's fun to see how far we've come and remember that it took all those terrible jobs to get us here. And I recognize that a lot of our friends and people out there listening probably had much worse jobs than we did. So oh, yeah. it's just from our perspective, folks. We know you've had a lot rougher than we have. <laughs> Privileged <Yes>. white boys. <laughs> yes. Ultra privilege. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I guess well, that, I that brings, brings us to the end of the episode. episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah why don't you join us next time for another delightful stumble down memory lane and don't forget the good old days weren't always that good this podcast was brought to you by a play on nerds 